Well, it's been confirmed this week that this will be the last campaign for Brad Thorne at the helm of the Queensland Reds. Thorne has taken the team as far as he thinks he can and will head off into other challenges, hopefully, within the game of union. Who succeeds him and builds off his foundation he has built in Queensland is a crucial cog for Eddie Jones and the Australian rugby team and who gets Thorne's services next may just have a little impact on our shores as well. And to talk more about it now, we've got to Tim Horan on the line. Of course, 80 tests for Australia, 119 games for the Queensland Reds, and of course, a uh, very uh, integral member of the Stan Sports commentary team. Uh, Tim, uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, hello, Smitty. Hello to all your listeners. And yeah, it's been a busy week for Australian rugby. Of course, Brad Thorne, as you mentioned, and, and also Eddie Jones got his first Wallaby squad together. Um, they had three days on the Gold Coast, so it's been a pretty busy week for, for our game. So, um, did you see this coming from Brad Thorne? I mean, the Brad Thorne we know, kind of, you give him a job, he, he sees it through, he does it, and he's, he's almost sort of, from the outside looking, he's almost sort of quit halfway through this job. Oh, I think, I wouldn't say halfway through, but he's had nearly six years in the role, so um, he's had a pretty good run with the Reds. He had some success very early on. Of course, probably changed the culture of the Reds when, you know, you let go... People like Quade Cooper, James Slipper, you know, some pretty big names in the, the Reds outfit. And then, you know, he altered that uh, culture. He wanted to um, bring some young players through. He did that. Um, that Super Rugby AU through COVID was pretty exciting. There was 45,000 people at Suncorp Stadium to watch the Reds beat the Brumbies. And um, but, but, but probably since that time, it's been a bit of a, a little bit of a struggle for the Reds that um, haven't been that consistent. And I think what Brad Thorne's done, though, he... He's left. He's leaving the Queensland Reds in a much better place than when he took over five and a half years ago, and that's that's all he can ask for. And you know, a lot of that's off the field, but also some of that's on the field as well. And the next coach that comes in has got a pretty good platform to build. Uh, you know, a pretty exciting team from. Yeah, it, the timing of it, I think, was uh, interesting. That's why I sort of intimated the halfway through. It was halfway through the season. Actually, I was, I was sort well, of more getting it. Sure. He sits. He sits sixth. Um, and the current standing. So, um, you know, he's uh, one of the, the two squads, Australian squads, inside the playoff area at the moment. Um, so it was just, uh, I think it was more the timing of it and the fact that he had said, I have taken them as far as I can um, at that point. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair, Smitty. I think, um, and you're right, you know, halfway through a super rugby season, I think what... Brad Thorne's always been very good at. It. He's very, he's very unselfish, and you know to to do it at the announcement in a bye week, so it doesn't upset any rhythm get leading into a game, and give. But also, it's going to give the Queensland Reds another probably two or three months time to go and explore and find the right coach. If you do it, Smitty, you know things. If you do it at the end of the season. You probably do it a couple of weeks after the final. All of a sudden, you know, you, you're nearly chewing into next season. So, and this is the period of time where people, you know, the coaches from Europe, coaches from Japan, around the world, this is the time when they start looking at, okay, where's my next role? So that'll be interesting to see what the Queensland Reds do there. In my opinion, Smitty, I reckon they need to to find a pretty high profile coach for the next two years, maybe three, and then you bring that next coach through under him. So. Uh, I'd be looking at the likes of it. You know, there's a few coaches out there that are probably about a couple of years away from being ready. Um, Andy Friend is someone, in my opinion, they should start to look at, who's obviously coached the Brumbies before, been overseas, done that UK 
um, period of time over in the, in Ireland, and now he sh- you know he could be available to to come back and and re coach in Super Rugby. You say high profile, um, as high profile as um, maybe um, a couple of ex Wallaby coaches, um, maybe a Robbie Deans or even a Dave Rennie. So recently uh, finished with the Wallabies. Yeah, I reckon um, Dave Rennie would be a really interesting call because. I think Dave Rennie is a wonderful coach on and off the field, and he coaches players, you know, uh, on the field very well. And off the field, he he understands the culture that he's trying to achieve. And you know, he lives on the Gold Coast. He only lives 35 minutes down the road, so that that'll be someone you certainly talk to um, for the, you know, you say to Dave Rennie, can you give us two years or give us three years, and then you bring the next person through under Dave Rennie. Robbie Deans might be a harder one. Um, I don't think the, the Queensland Reds financially can afford I assume what Eddie what Robbie Deans is on at Panasonic at the moment so yeah some good names around um, and you know even that saying that you, you've got some good assistant coaches coming through but I think you need a big name to, to take this side to somewhere else and I think Brad Thorne's pretty fair in his comments saying Smithy that he can't take this Reds team any further I think, I think that's pretty fair um, he's taken them as far as he can and he needs someone else to to get that next couple of levels. At, um, in terms of uh, Brad Thorne, now there's a vacancy come uh, coming up because Razor Robertson, of course, is now no longer going to be the Crusaders coach. Brad Thorne has history at the Crusaders. They tend to invest within their own group as such. Would Brad Thorne make a, a possible candidate for the Crusaders, in your thinking? Oh, I think Brad Thorne... I, I, I would say Brad Thorne's probably one of the best assistant coaches I've seen. Um, as a head coach... It's, it's another level, and I think you need that technical advice around you. You need someone who's got an attacking mindset, someone who understands um, the patterns of play in rugby. Rugby's moved the last five or six years since Brad has been in that coaching job for the Reds, and he's done a wonderful job. And, you know, the play, people he's got around him, the young players he's brought through, you look at players like Fraser McWright, all those type of players, and who would have thought that he would have brought back James O'Connor uh, and did pretty well? So... Um, Crusaders' job um, be a tough one. I think Brad, uh, he said in the press conference the other day, he's been in in the game for a long period of time. I, I reckon if I'm Brad Thorne, I'm picking my kids up from school, dropping them off to school. I'm, I'm just spending a bit of time with the family now. Okay, interesting. Uh, can we just move uh, to Eddie Jones, of course, as you say, uh, named as uh, first uh, initial training squad during the week. What have you made of that? Yeah, it was good, Smitty. I was down there for a couple of days, had a bit of a look, um, did a couple of interviews with some players, uh, had dinner. Eddie Jones got in a couple of former players. It was myself, um, Morgan Tuanui. Um, we had George Smith come in. George Gregan um, flew back from the UK in time to, to see the team. Chris Latham. So all those sort of ex-players are just around the team for dinner, just to have a general casual chat to the team and then watched them train on the Tuesday morning. And it was pretty physical. Eddie Jones was ripping into the players, and he had a great chat with them on the field in different groups. So, yeah, for the first camp, um, I think Eddie would be pretty happy with what he's got there. And um, I think all the players know now what Eddie's looking for, what standards he's looking for. And um, he has a joke with them. The players were fairly, fairly nervous coming into the, the camp, not knowing... Of course, most of them had never even spoken to Eddie Jones. So, um, no, it was, a, it was a good camp just for a couple of days. And now, 
course, the Brumbies have a bye this weekend, so the Queensland Reds, and then, and of course, you'll have the, the New South Wales Waratahs over there playing the Blues. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how they all track for the next camp, which will be at the end of Super Rugby. Well, you brought up an interesting point. I was going to ask you about the Waratahs. Difficult mission for them this week. Again, though, um, a, a season of, of relative disappointment. I look at that table. They're a, met, a much better squad in the past uh, than where they sit now, surely. Yeah, I think, Spinny, when you look at what Darren Coleman did in year one, um, it, it's that year two syndrome, which is really hard to get through because, you know, teams know how you compete. Teams know where your strengths and weaknesses are and they can adjust to that. So... Yeah, it's been tough for them. Um, they sit just ninth in the table at the moment. So, you know, we were talking last week, can, can the Waratahs get on a little bit of a run the next three or four weeks? And then you look at who they have after the Western Force and you've got the Blues away. So it's difficult for them. Um, I did hear they've, they've lost a few players this week. I haven't seen the side announced as yet, but I think there's going to be a fair few changes and, and some players left rested and left out. So uh, maybe Darren Coleman's just trying to change things up for the next couple of weeks. Does uh, Eddie Jones have the same policy um, with the, the Wallabies as we do over here, Ian Foster, at the moment? This um, this rest and rotate sort of thing with his, his squad as such. I mean, does he did he say, look, I'm only wanting these guys to play four or five games on the trot, etc. That's what we're what, what we're living under at the moment. Oh, I think maybe for a couple of players, um, but most of the players he wants them to be out in the middle of the pitch. It's a bit like that analogy of you can be in the nets, you know, for as long as you like, but most of the players in Australia, they need game time in the middle on the wicket. So I think that there's some players, maybe a Michael Hooper, who's played a lot of footy throughout his career. He might get a couple of couple of weeks off. Um, there's a couple of players. But all in all, I think, Smitty, that Eddie Jones wants these players to play. And then and he, when I spoke to him yesterday, the other day, he said that he's probably got about 60 players he's got to fit into 33 for the Rugby World Cup squad. So he had about eight players um, dialed in on Zoom from who are playing offshore. Of course, Marika Corambetti, you know, Quade Coop, so players. And then there's another eight to ten players who weren't the can if they're in. So, uh, Tim, just uh, just uh, f- finally on this, Stephen Larkin's doing a great job uh, with the Brumbies. Um, they look genuine contenders again. Yes, yeah, Smitty, it's um, you know what um, what Dave Rennie's done with the Wallabies has been fantastic, and and Eddie Jones mentioned that that uh, what a foundation he's left. But as you mentioned, with when you look at what the Brumbies are doing under Stephen Larkin, done a great job, hasn't he? Stephen Larkin, first year back as head coach and in second spot at the moment, and. Of course, the best position to be at at the end of Super Rugby is at one or two, so you can try and get yourself those home finals. Uh, this far out, um, it's pretty hard to say, uh, Tim, but you, you've seen a lot of campaigns. You've been in a lot of campaigns yourself. Um, are you confident the Wallabies can give this World Cup a decent old shake under Eddie Jones uh, this early on in his tenure? Yeah, I think they can. I mean, Eddie's had so much experience and success at Rugby World Cups, you know, we looked with the the Wallabies in 2003, of course, assistant coach of the Springboks in 2007, and you move forward. So I think what it did with England in the last Rugby World Cup surprised a lot of people. And, um, yeah, he, as long as he gets some decent players back, he needs players like Samu Karevi, he needs players like Marika Corombetti. He needs some big names that aren't injured. So, uh, yeah, Ken, and they're in a good side of the draw, aren't they, because of 
where they'll play. They should make a semi-final. If, if the Wallabies are good enough, you make a semi-final, four teams left, and, and you never know post that. But I think success for the Wallabies is getting to that semi-final, and then anything can happen from there. But I still say, Smitty, I think the All Blacks are favourites, in my opinion. They've got a wonderful squad, and you know, you get the Barrett boys firing and Richie Mwanga and those sort of players, and hopefully players like Will Jordan can come back. Um, you're going to be pretty hard to beat. Tim Horan, as always, uh, it's uh, an honour for us to talk to you. A, a real pleasure as well, Tim. Uh, thanks for your time uh, this morning, and uh, have a terrific day, mate. Good stuff, Smitty, and um, look forward to catching up later in the year. Yeah, that'll be nice. Uh, cheers, uh, uh, Tim. Um, ha- have, a, have a cool day, mate. Thank you. Thanks, mate.